October 17, 2004, Fenway Park, Boston, Massachusetts. The Red Sox are down to the Yankee, three game to zero. Surely nothing can go wrong here. The curse of the Big Bambino is alive and well. Bottom of the 12th, tied 4-4 to with a 2-1 count. The ball cracks off David O.T.'s bat. Deep to right field. It's going. It's going. This is the 2004 ALCS. Hello, and welcome to Games with Names presented by WinBet. I'm Julian Edelman. I'm Sam Morell. We're on the search to find the greatest game of all time. This one is certainly not it. I have to tell you. I, I think I, this is a great game. I, hate, I almost what is didn't the game? show up. What game is it? I almost didn't show up today. What is this game? It's the 2004 ALCS Red Sox-Yankees. We're talking game four. They were down 3-0. This is the game that kept them alive. God damn it. It was in Boston. We're going to be joined by David Ortiz later. I don't like Ortiz, but I respect Ortiz. He is a likable player. He is a postseason clutch as they come type of guy. We'll talk about what's going on in the world in October in 2004. We'll take a look back at both of these teams in the series as a whole. And we'll wrap it up by naming and scoring the game. This, this is a tough one for me. I remember this closely. I do too. I was on the West Coast. I was, what were we, 18 right here? Yeah. 17, 18. Yeah. And this was kind of my introduction. Really? We were barely legal, both of us. Barely, but legal. Barely. Barely. There was, there was grass in the field. So let's play ball. That, and if there's not, you roll around playing them. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> just an inside fun yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah, inside fun joke. Uh, I will say, this, this series pissed me off. I, I, it was tough because Yankees fans were, I have to admit, we were spoiled rotten in the 90s. We had four, we won what, four and five years? It was something insane. It was 96, 98, 99, 2000. So I was aware, obviously, of the curse of the Bambino. The Red Sox fans were struggling. I, they won in Boston. They won another, I mean, in, in, you know, the Celtics are a dominant franchise, but baseball is different. It was very different. And like I was saying, this is my introduction really to the Boston, New York rivalry. This nationwide was huge. Cause in, you know, we were always talk about in back in these days, we could only get the broadcast of your really local teams and this was just such a huge game because everyone knew the uh, the curse of the great Bambino, Babe Ruth trade, goes to the Yankees, and everyone, you know, on the West Coast didn't really. I we hated the Yankees because they were always winning. They were yeah. they were the cream of the crop. They were yeah. everything. They they I, I it seemed like every year they were winning World Series, and so and I that used was to a hate scrappy team. I mean, the '96 team that won it. You think the Yankees is buying up players now, but a lot of those dudes were like, we drafted Jeter, we drafted uh, Mariano, Paul O'Neill we traded for, Bernie we drafted, uh, Andy Pettit. You know, these, it felt more homegrown, so it was a great time to get into the Yankees. My grandfather was a Yankees fan. I'd sit on his lap and watch the games as a little, as a little kid. My intro was Don Mattingly, who's like one of the coolest athletes ever. They had Wade Boggs, all these mustachioed gentlemen just swiping the ball. Such a cool team, but uh, I, I admit I, we were spoiled. I, I have to say, I, as you know, like a, a rugged, tough guy, I, I didn't know 
the 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 aura between this rivalry and I had just always saw you know the Yankees were clean cut guys and their you know pinstripes and then you saw the Boston people just tough dirty muddy Johnny Damon with his beard you got the captain behind the plate Veritech you got big poppy hitting dingers and it was just for me as someone that wasn't in in this rivalry quite yet I, I just felt like I was connected to Boston from the very beginning. I understand it. They were the underdog. I, I, I have to remove my bias here and talk about this as a, you know, as just a pure sports fan. And I'm a Yankees fan, but that Red Sox team, it was meant to be. I've never seen, I mean, 3-0 had never happened in baseball history. Ever. I didn't think it was. Gotta I believe. I was, but I'll tell you, I got nervous. I didn't, I just... No, you didn't. I was nervous. You were not nervous after game four. You're like, I, I thought we were, once we, once they won this game, I was like, fuck. I didn't think, I thought the Yankees would put it away, but you know. The momentum. The Red Sox are playing with house money because when you're down 3-0, no one expects you to win. So I was a little nervous. When, when, there's, when the pressure is in a weird way off, you can really just play your best baseball. And that's what they did. And they had, I mean, Jeter was as clutch as they come, but. For one swing to end a game, no one was more clutch than David Ortiz. They just weren't. It, I mean, the series before against the Twins in Game Seven hits a a walk off homer. His former team, he was His, a, he was a twin. What would, what did you call him? He was a a, a dented a, can a, aisle a dented guy. Can he was damaged guy. goods, and, and Jack, they got him. Did he have what was his name? It was back then. He was going by David Arias. Arias. I think it was his mom's last name, and there was a whole switch. Let me look into it here. Yeah, jeez. Respect the mom, but it, you know, we when we got to Ortiz, it was like a whole different guy. David Arias doesn't sound as cool as Ortiz, just because now that's what we know him as. And I, I loved this Yankee team. That's what was tough for me is like, dude, they had my guy Posada. I loved Posada. He was I love catchers. And then on your on the Red Sox, they had Veritech. Veritech captain, tough guy. He led the team, flag carrier of the team. He had a yeah. little. Was Petey on here? Pedroia. Not, Not yet. yet. This, this is a little. P this is Poe. This is pre pre Petey. Johnny Damon. Yeah, hated yeah. Kurt him. Schilling with the bloody sock game. Fucking hated Schilling. I'm glad he's broke. Piece of shit. Yeah. Fuck that dumb video game investing motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, he'll always have the bloody sock on us, but that's all he'll have. What if that video game was like Fortnite? We'd all he'd be laughing at the bank right now. <laughs> his investment skills were not as clutch as his postseason skills. That's for sure. And did but. we do we was it real blood? I, I you know he had the blood or was that like ketchup or something? I heard there's like some conspiracy. What, what what's going on? What was the Jack? There are a lot of truthers out there that think it's you know ketchup, something else. But I mean everything is said blood from the sutures and the stitches. How do you bleed from your from your leg like that? It was his foot? What was it? Let me hit WebMD real quick. I'll hit that up. <laughs> How about, uh, I mean, yeah, that Red Sox team was tough. I mean, Manny Ramirez. I remember Sports Man. Center every night. Manny being Manny. Shut the fuck up. There's so many good stories about, you know, Manny Ramirez in that, in that locker room and just his antics. You know, when I would go to Fenway, they'd always take me in the little back area. Remember he used to go in the back, the green wall? He would go in the green yes. wall to take a pit. I heard a lot of times he'd go in there. Yeah. He, I think he would go pee in there or something. A lot of times I heard he was just eating a hot dog. You know, some of these guys would just like in between their hits, they'd go play video game. Like the Red Sox just had a coolness. Maybe about that's them. how Kurt Schilling did himself in, in between hits. He was playing video games. He's like, this will be my calling. It could have been. And he lost everything. Every, 
This this was a tough team. They had Pedro, obviously. Who, Pedro. In his prime, I think Pedro is the most unhittable pitcher I've ever seen. I, I've never seen a pitcher like that in my life. Who who did he toss around in the in the fight? Don Zimmer. <laughs> Don Zimmer, he threw an old man. That he, wasn't that wasn't cool. A, a fight broke out. We gotta pull the picture up. Don Zimmer, he was like pushing 80 and he congrats, you body slammed a senior citizen. Sam, you get in the lion's den, you get hit, you might get eaten by a lion, buddy. He did. He got he, eaten he, up. Fully. And that, that was the kind of guy Pedro was. Just tough guy. Look, Look at, at that him. Shit. Look at it. That's that's not cool. That's disrespectful. Face slam. It was on the cover of the newspaper. It was so disrespectful. New York newspapers had old man Zimmer laid out. Why don't you beat up Hans Zimmer while you're at it too? Why don't you beat up every old I person? Hans Zimmer's awesome. Oh, he's the best. Good, good focus music. Oh, the best. You, you do a little Hans Zimmer score to get in the zone. Oh, that's what I do. All that's what that's what I used to play pregame. One of the goats. Yeah, I'd play like the Inception soundtrack or the in Interstellar soundtrack. Great soundtracks. Uh, he even had like some of the '90s hit like hits. He had a bunch of those. Like you didn't even realize. There was a, just so many great tracks by him. But that's that's what takes a, a movie from like an eight to a ten is the music for me is huge. So maybe in seven to ten. I mean, like you know, Danny Elfman, the other one, fucking Simpson song, Midnight Run, everything, everything. Well, let's go back to October seventeenth, two thousand four. The number one movie was The Grudge. Never saw this. When was it? Was a Grudge? What is a Grudge? That was that horror movie where the girl crawled out of the TV. You remember that? No, that's that's the, ring. The, that's the ring. Wait, hold on. Jack, are we are we correcting Jack? What today? are we this are we this locked in? Is do you it, listen to Do you listen to Zimmer right before this? Because we're fucking locked in. Locked right now. in. Hold on. The Grudge, number one song in America. My happy ending by Avril Lavigne. I remember her. Yeah, skater. Is she the reason for boy being spelled B O I to this day? Is like is fuck boy? Does that come from skater boy? The spelling. I always thought it was big boy from Outcast. Ooh, that's Ooh. true. He was. He did precede her. Hmm. I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Around this time, OG Martha Stewart went to jail, didn't rat on anyone, became best friends with Snoop because of it. What a stud. That was that was insane. Martha yeah. Stewart's in jail. She was on everything, on every, you know, egg beater to bread maker to recipe. To probably cooking great meals in the pen. I bet she made some damn good prison wine. I bet you she was like a cool inmate. I bet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she was, she, I bet you she, a lot of people came to her for things. Yeah, no one wants to beat up Martha Stewart. I don't think you want it, to befriend Martha Stewart. I bet you she was probably, she could probably make an insane shank. She's also still kind of hot. Have you seen her recently? I She's saw like her. 75 and still kind of hot. I saw her. Am I, I wrong? She, she looked, she aged well, very well. Not your type? I thought she, yeah. no one just goes along with me. Everyone's just like, you're a perv. Oh, I like it. 81. You're into it? 81? 81. Would you still hit it, Jack? 100%. Hell yeah, dude. Airbrush. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> hey, man. If there's grass in the field, that's, the, that's what we're calling this episode. Jeez. Damn. Dude, Martha Stewart goes to jail. Friends and sex in the city end. Terrible month for white people. <laughs> just a tough time all around. <clears throat> Facebook was founded. Damn, that's, that's, I remember insane. that's like, cause I was in the Bay area and we all had the MySpace and like Harvard had the Facebook and then it went to Stanford. And then by that time, like you had to be in college to get it. Like you had to have the EDU uh, email to get the 
whatever to be able to have a membership. Holy shit. What a dumb business model. I know. It, they, I mean, it worked out, but I'm just saying at the time, they ch it only worked because they changed it. But it was it was because it was cool, as Justin Timberlake would say in the social <laughs> network. You know, it's, you got to keep it cool. Didn't he say that? Something like that? Loved it. Uh, ben Affleck and J-Lo ended their engagement. But wow. They're, but they're back. Just they're, like the Taliban. They are back. Is the Taliban back? They're back, dude. When did they? Are they? Is there, is there reports? Jack? Let me look into that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to end up on a watch list, but <laughs> what isn't it called like Ben Je, Ben Low or what was it? Benefer. 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 Yeah. So they uh That was like the start of every couple doing like a one name thing. That's right. And that's I was like, oh I'm so Benefer. I was like, Yeah, I was I had a couple. Yeah? What was yours? No, nah, I don't remember, but I don't wanna You wanna throw names out? I don't wanna throw names out there. Yeah, you, Ben Affleck you know and J-Lo, that was, and this was, look, this is pure Boston. A lot of this is pure Boston. Facebook, Affleck, Ashley Simpson was caught lip syncing on, on SNL. And uh, yeah, that was, she did not come back from that, I don't think. And also, by the way, you was spelled, that, was that the end? Because of this? No. I mean, I think, I don't think she had a ton of juice. I think SNL was kind of like, she was one of those people. Who was excited for musical guest Ashley Simpson? They got like Paul McCartney on SNL. Yeah, but they always had new, like... Uh, they had new people, but was she anyone that no. people were excited for? Yeah, she was the I young mean? one, right? She's young. She's not a... She was like the more like kind of outrageous Jessica Simpson, I think. Yeah, right? but she had a good song that was like the... I think it was like the start for like one of those, uh, The Hills or <laughs> the, uh, one of those shows uh, this it? time. I think so. She had she had one song. I, I was an Ashley Simpson fan. This was right around like the Newlyweds time also. Huh? Remember Newlyweds was on MTV? With yeah. the cliche. Oh, the yeah. Movie. I didn't know that, yeah. Kind of a Simpson uh, era there. It there was you, a Simpson era. Yeah, you probably want to take this one. This is oh, the, guy. The, the goat, Rodney Dangerfield, passed away. We throw the word the goat around a lot, but, I mean, Rodney was the greatest. Back to school, still probably my number one comedy ever. I'll tell you, good teacher, really seems to care. <laughs> I mean, classic. I love Rodney. Uh, ODB died, too. I mean, talk about a warm-up uh, song for... I like it. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Wu-Tang <laughs> rules. Love Wu-Tang. And he did like it raw, for sure. He's got like 13 kids, right? Uh, Wu-Tang is for the children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MLB in 2004, the best records were the Yankees at 101 and 61, and the Cardinals, 105 and 57. M MVPs were Vlad Guerrero. And old Barry Bonds. This was a great baseball This era. was baseball. Those this was names, the best. Vlad this, Guerrero was awesome. Vlad was good. Bonds was good. Yeah. Clemens was the Cy Young winner. In Houston. Johan yeah. Santana. Minnesota was another Cy Young winner. I love that Johan Santana and Pedro were both like top of the game right here. And then they both become Mets as they were like slightly washed. Yeah. You know? Well, Santana wasn't like washed immediately but he he was he was getting there he, yeah i i don't i don't i don't gotta i gotta see santana i forgot oh he so, was nasty yeah he had like a two era he was like a lefty who just would overpower you he was he was a killer let me see oh yeah there he is but yeah randy johnson i loved randy johnson was he I on mean, the he was he on the diamondbacks at this time 17th perfect game in M mlb history yeah he it was, was awesome. always fun to watch him oh this was i mean this was 
Probably my favorite baseball era. I mean, Ken Griffey hits his 500th home run. Ichiro broke the single season hits record. Who didn't love Ichiro at 262? I mean, the fact that Ichiro started an MLB at like 28 and still hit 3,000 hits is the most insane. I think, I think he played until like 50. He yeah, just but, retired. But he was like already a Hall of Fame guy in Japan. I, I mean, he was apparently pictures of his dick in Japan go for insane money. Really? That could be a good buddy comedy for us to explore. Really? Just two dudes trying to snap a picture of Ichiro's dick. Why? Like one of our moms gets sick and we're like, we need money. It, and then we try to get a picture. I've never heard uh, that. Look it up, Jack. Maybe I made that up. If I made that up, I'm going to, this could be like a real Sam Creeper episode. I'm worried. <laughs> the Martha Stewart and the Ichiro penis comment. It's all right. But this Don't was it. the year of the walk-off. 80 yeah. walk-off homers, dingers yeah. in the regular season, all-time high at this point. Hmm. Oh, Sam. Yeah. I'm going to save you here. Yeah. There's, according to Paul LaDuca, fairly reasonable source, there was a million-dollar bounty to recover the picture of Ichiro's penis. What'd I tell you? A million dollar bounty. It's a million dollar dong right there. They should, I, I feel like I just, we, we can come up with like a script, like a national treasure script. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got to go like, go hunt this thing down, go to a couple, it'd be fun. That'd be a fun one. In J Japan, national treasure meets Japan meets Ichiro's dick. That's, that's what you say that's, in the pitch meeting. That's it. This is basically national treasure with Ichiro, who everyone loves. You'll get a lot of people in Japan. And then, and it ends with us like handing him an envelope and he's like, thank you. And we'll give Nick Cage this. He's, he's loosely affiliated. He's, I think he's the lead. He's gotta this, be. Nick Cage. So have you seen the movie pig with Nicolas Cage? I tried to watch it. It was, it's, I, did you I watch his new one? His new one. I liked it. Yeah. It was pretty funny. I watched it on a plane. Yeah, me too. It's a good plane movie. I didn't get through it all, but I was like, it's still pretty entertaining. That's, like, a, that's a tough review. <laughs> I couldn't finish it. I fell asleep. Right. I was on a plane. I, I sleep on the plane. Do you? I, yeah. I can't sleep on planes. That's where I get, I, it's like my, I love sleeping on a plane. Cause it, back in when I was playing, you'd be preparing all week. And some of your only downtime was when you were flying. And as soon as I get in the plane, I would just knock out. Who do you sit next to on the planes? I have, we'd have our own rows, but Matthew Slater would be in front of me. Dola would be behind me. Brandon Bolden would be two behind me. Gronk would have the middle section right to uh, the right of me. Uh, That's uh, fun. But was it hard? Is the energy, like, do they fuck with you ever when you're trying to sleep? Any of those no, guys? not pregame. Pregame, you know, everyone's pretty focused. After, you know, a big win or something, that's when the, the shenanigans start going. Was Gronk teabagging postgame? No, Gronk, Gronk was actually, he was, he wasn't. He wasn't teabagging. There'd be <laughs> other guys. That were messing around, but Gronk was always like, like just yeah, yeah let's go, dude. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> win. Let's get, get back, man. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I love, love it. It was those were some of the funnest times. But let's talk about this match. Or go back up. What were we doing in two thousand four? I was at Game Seven. Unfortunately, a friend somehow got tickets. He took me. <sighs> I wasn't confident. I didn't want to go to the game. I think Kevin Brown started. I had no confidence in Kevin Brown. He was like, pretty sure he got injured opening a DVD at one point. I was like, this guy's prime is way past him. Didn't John, Johnny Damon hit a, a, a grand salami? <sighs> yeah, that was pretty much like, and then Damon became a Yankee. Yeah, like, I know. D didn't, wasn't as cool when he shaved. 
He, I will say Damon. He was a, a good player. Oh my God. He was so like, he was such a pure baseball guy. He was so patient at the, at the plate. He was, he was incredible. If you I needed a double for this, he was going to get you a double. It seemed like he always hit the gaps. He always got that double oppo or something. And he, he the kick swing too, which I love. Yeah. Those. Yeah. He was a, I loved him. I loved him, but he just looked a little weird without the beard. Looked, yeah. Did he win one with you guys? Yeah. He won one, I think with us. Jeez. You, Didn't he? Didn't he take one with us? Let me take it. I think 2010. I think he was like the first to have like a Boston Red Sox and Yankees. And I remember that in like SportsCenter. We would watch SportsCenter this time like it was all the time. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I remember they talking about that. I remember the Yankees then paid Jacoby Ellsbury to big money, and that did not work out. Another Red Sox. Yeah. It worked out for him. Yeah. yeah I mean, I wish o, I... He won an 9 with the Yankees. 0-9. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen him lately? He's on Below Deck like three different times. He's what? He's a guest on Below Deck. What's him that? and his family on Bravo. Huh? Swinging a miss. Below, uh, well, you, like oh, Bravo. We're, we're supposed to know what Below Deck on Bravo is. You yes. look at us. Yes, I like a couple Bravo shows. I thought this was a Bravo Boy podcast. I like Bravo. What's, what are your shows on Bravo? Well, isn't that, what is that? Uh, the um, there's the model one on there. America's wasn't that on there? And then I used to like the little. Uh, wasn't there a little people on there? What is it? A little people, big world. Yeah, yeah. That was TLC. Uh -huh. That was TLC. What else is there? Um, no, it wasn't Summer House. There's been a couple Bravos. My mom watches it a lot, so whenever I'm with her. I'll, he, I'll tell Angie next time I see her. Thanks. The yeah. fun fact yeah. about Johnny David. I will, yeah. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about this matchup. 96 and 84, the Red Sox, coached by Terry Francona. Underdogs. They it's were a, underdogs. And it was his first year, and the GM was a young boy genius named Theo Epstein. Moneyball. Moneyball fucking rules. That's a great movie. That's a great movie. Too bad Theo Epstein looks nothing like Brad Pitt. Yeah, it is too bad. You know, I mean, <laughs> let's just the, the most handsome guy in the world 
as this this manager. But you know what? He was that cool that they got Brad Pitt to play him. So if anything, no. That's right. He was Billy Bean. Are we dumb as shit? Why do we both think that? Yeah. Billy Bean was a pretty hot guy. Right. But he, Billy Bean turned down the big money and then they got Epstein. That's right. Wow. We really got factual. We, yeah, we, we got, got cocky faction. there, dude. I, I really just rolled with what you said there. Yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, I, I was with you. Sorry, Billy Bean. Billy and, Bean was a hot piece, wasn't he? Yeah. Would you, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> um, Boy Genius uh, they had Manny Ramirez who was an all-star Kurt Schilling who, uh, who was an all-star David Pedro. Ortiz all-star Pedro, Pedro. Pedro. <laughs> Johnny Damon Veritech Cap Kevin Millar Timmy Wakefield with the knuckler this was a good team man yeah, this Nomar battled an Achilles injury all year, kept him out of games, and at the deadline, he was traded to the Cubs. That hurt. I remember that had to hurt deal. for him. Dude, he was Mr. Boston. Mr. Nomar Garcia Pa. Ayo, you Nomar. Hey, Nomar. I mean, that was, he was that, he was there. And it was like weird too, because I remember when he came in the league, it was like Jeter, A-Rod, and Nomar. Those were like the guys. They all came in the same year. They were all shortstops. They were all stars. It was this crazy era. And then Nomar, A-Rod joins Jeter, goes to third base, and Nomar's gone. So it was, they could all have been in this game. Yeah, Miguel Tejada was in that era too. He was excellent. Tejada. He was great. Yeah. Rode the World Series for the uh, Red Sox. They swept the Angels. That was uh, Yankees, right? Yankees. Oh, no, that's the, sorry, the Red Sox. You're you're right. Wait a minute. Yeah, they swept the Angels. They beat the Yankees four three, and they and then they I, oh, swept the Cardinals. It was it a walk off? Then I then earlier in the episode was that I messed up. Then I thought there was a game seven between the twin, or was that the year before? Who the, the year before? Oh, that's what it Hold on, was. Double check. Ortiz on that one. Yeah, he hit a dinger against the Twins. Fully messed this up. Well, we're calling ourselves on it though, and that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we lost to the. I think Ortiz is walk-off was against the Oakland A's in 03 ALDS. Then we ended up losing, we, the Red Sox, ended up losing to the Yankees in the ALCS. Yankees went Was that the Aaron Boone walk-off? Yeah. Boom. Grady Little leaving Pedro in. You know, uh, I will say they sweep the Angels, they beat the Yankees 4-3, and they sweep the Cardinals. Like This was the World Series. Like You just knew it in the moment. Even for... For the Boston people, that was the World Series. Just to, you know, overcome the Yankees who had their number for probably 20, 25 years. And not even including the Curse of the Great Bambino. It seemed like, you know, the Yankees were knocking them out every year. It was pretty cool how often the Yankees knocked them out. But, hey, man, I remember when they lost, I was kind of, you saw the faces in the stadium. And you saw these old people who were sharing that with their kids. And I was like, man, that, that is the cool thing about sports. You know, even as a Yankees fan, I, I could appreciate that, you know? Did you stay the whole game, game seven? Yeah, I think. I think you had, maybe I walked out. I don't know. It was a blowout. Blowout 8-2, I believe. Yeah, I think you just always believe in the playoffs. I just can't, I can't bring myself to leave a playoff game early. I just can't. I mean, that was 20 years ago. 20. 20, yeah, 20, 20 years ago now. I mean, nowadays, fans are out. Yeah, I don't think See I See Chuck it. and Deuces. Yeah, I, th- I kept thinking like, man, how funny would it be if they blew it after all this? But wasn't that funny? 
Kevin Brown really bitched out. That was, I remember being like, Kevin Brown in his prime was unhittable, and then we get him, and he just was always hurt, I felt like. Yeah. The whole cowboy up was uh, the rallying cry for the Red Sox, started by Kevin Miller. Uh, in the clubhouse, a ton of characters, Johnny Damon and Kevin Miller, dubbed as the Idiots. <laughs> Pretty good nickname. Yeah. They took shots at Mama Wana. Mama Wana. What is that? Run. They took shots of it. That sounds like performance enhancing drugs, and it sounds like this series shouldn't count. Nah. Just a little bit of alcohol can sway a series. Grandpa's and- old cough medicine ain't on the list, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and Pedro brought Dominican actor. And little person Nelson De La Rosa into the series. Brought look at that. He stood two foot four inches. I I think I remember this too. Hasbulla before Hasbulla. Damn! Look how tiny he is. Look at Pedro. See what a, what a what an outstanding, you know, Samaritan. Yankees were 101 and uh, 61, first in the AL East, managed by the great, great Joe Torrey. Who you always loved. respect Joe Torrey. You got to tip was, your cap to the guy. You got to tip your cap to him. Pure class. And uh, we had A-Rod, who was an all-star, Jeter all-star, Mariano all-star, Gary Sheffield, Gary the waving bat all-star, uh, Giambi all-star. Where was we, Sheffield before Mariners? Or He was on the Marlins, Marlins for a minute. Marlins. Who was he before the before the uh, Yankees, though? Was it just Marlins? He won a World Series. Tig- was Tigers after? Tigers after, I believe. Because I used to like Chef. He was always super. <sighs> I mean, oh, he's on the Braves. He's on the Braves. Braves. He was great. We also had Bernie on this team, Mike Mussina. Uh, wow, we also had Matsui was an all-star this year. Tom Gordon, all-star. The great Jorge Posada. Kenny Lofton? Javier Vasquez. Oh, yeah, Kenny Lofton, whose son is in the NBA right now. Wow. And he's like kind of a thick kid. It's pretty funny. He, he does not look like you think, like Lofton was a speed demon. Hey, this crazy thing is you never know what you're going to poop out because <laughs> Jackie Slater, Hall of Fame right tackle, is the father of the, one of the fastest guys in the NFL, Matthew Slater, for a long time. It's crazy. You never know what you're going to poop out. You never out. know. Wait, you're talking about Kenneth Lofton Jr., the guy from Louisiana Tech? Yeah. Not related. Really? I don't think so. Fuck. I got to double check, but I don't think so. Man, we are throwing some bad passes today that you were somehow catching. 6'6", 275, Kenneth Lofton Jr. He's a heavy, heavy set boy. <laughs> did, you not, did you not talk about the stopper? The closer? Mariano Rivera? The greatest closer of all time. Really? He Lights was, out. 53 we a, saves. We had a play named after him. Did you? Yeah, stop, stopper, why shoot? Damn, a Boston team with a name after Mariano. I mean, you got to tip your hat to the goats. I respected Boston fans a lot, the way they did the farewell to Mariano and Jeter. I thought it showed a lot of class, and I was, I was surprised. You know, we got a classy group of people out there. You know, game knows game. Game respects game. I loved Mariano. He was, I mean, when he would come in, you just were like, it's over. And that's why him blowing this hurts. I mean, he's such a, he's such a lovable guy too. Oh yeah. I, and I mean, he didn't really blow this. I mean, he pitched three innings. We got to get him on here. Cause uh, we, we, we've done some cross stuff. Really? Yeah. You know him? Yeah. We, we know him. What did we do? We did something. Re- I've done a couple things with him, and he's always been just a, a, an outstanding gentleman, a professional, just a professional. He also has a sweet signature. Pull up Mariano's signature. It looks so like detailed. You know how hard that is though? You have to, you know, 
your signature when you get in the league is like beautiful, this, that. But then when you start selling look these that. things, look, that's, that's, that's a, an unbelievable that's signature. That's an unreal signature. You know how many t- he probably had to do that? He's probably signed that a million times every time like this. So after like, you know, you start signing a bunch of stuff, you, you got you to gotta modify, evolve. He was, he was one of the coolest New York athletes of all time. Like we, we love him forever, Mariano. Uh, he was just, you know, he was everything. He was the best closer. That cut fastball, so hard to hit. No one could hit it. And you so, knew he was coming in. You knew it was a save. They beat the Twins. The Yankees did a uh, 3-1 in the ALDS. They, Yankees owned the Twins during this time. They picked a, a finish first in ALE. I kind of like the Twins, though, because that one kid's movie oh, where the uh, kid becomes the manager. Not Rookie of the Year. That was the Cubs. Which one was that? Um, Little Big League. Little Big League. I don't, I don't think I saw that one. It's a great one. I remember that it was the Twins in Major League back to the minors. The third, the third installment with Scott Bakula and Walton Goggins. Man, I've seen some shitty movies. My guy. <laughs> oh, Dennis Farina was in Little Big League. Whoa, classic. R.I.P. Chicago legend. Get Shorty, Midnight Run. Come on. Um, all right. The Yankees. Oh, the narrative. Oh, they were coming out of a loss of the World Series. Uh, that last season, they lost to the Marlins. The Yankees did? We lost to the Marlins? Did we really? I thought the Marlins won the World Series against the Indians. Did they really? They won two? Marlins, sneaky. Sneaky. Marlins man. Shout out. A guy who's a big fan over there. I don't remember. This is a Marlins man podcast. I think he's worth having on. He's seen some games. Huh? You think Marlins man's worth having on? He's seen a lot of games. Marlins man is, you know, we'll we'll have to talk it over the, you know, in in the the board meeting room, but yeah. (laughs) And so many people trying to come on the show. We can just throw, you know, Marlins, man. I love Marlins, man, but I got to see if Sam likes him. He's probably got some shit against him because he I hate beat his guy. Yankees. Fuck that guy, dude. <laughs> Fuck Marlins, man, dude. Yeah. Heard it here first. Nah, he's probably all right. I'm just pissed. This, so Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. He actually hates Derek Jeter. Really? Yeah, because Derek Jeter was the owner of the Marlins for a while, right? Yeah. And he fucked shit up. I don't the know. Marlins blow it up every. It's they always have something and then just collapse it. But this all began when the Red Sox sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees in 1919. That's the curse of the Bambino. Since then, the Red Sox pretty much played second fiddle to New York. The bad blood was always there, given the proximity and being in the same division. Thurman Munson and Carl, Carlton Fisk, the fight and the feud in the 70s. They were the they were the two catchers, right? I mean, it was like Fisk was always a little more talented, but. Thurman Munson was the fucking, he was the captain, baby. That mustache. Kind of like Veritech. Loved it. Heated up in the late 70s, the Bucky Dent game, which, yeah, it's a painful memory for a lot of Red Sox fans. Bucky effing Dent. (laughs) Uh, Lulled a bit in the 80s because both teams kind of sucked. I guess the Red Sox made those series that one year, but they they got fucked over by the Mets. That was the Bay Area's time, baby. Wasn't it? Battle of the Bay? That's when the... That's when the uh, Bash Bros and shit, the, a- the A's were going crazy. Oh, yeah. Canseco, Maguire. Heated up in the late 90s and the early 2000s with guys like Jeter and Pedro. By 2003, the bad blood was fully back. We talked about the Don Zimmer attack. <laughs> nah. It was terrible. Self, self-defense. He was charging them. An attack that rivals Pearl Harbor Self- in its cowardice. Self-defense. <laughs> the Yankees would once again break the Sox heart in seven games for a flip for a trip to the World Series and this was 
I mean, look, this was, we talked about it. It was kind of just, it was their time. Down 3-0 to come back in extra innings to stay alive and then win the next three as well. You got to tip your hat to the Red Sox, you do. And even A-Rod, who was terrible this postseason, I believe, had a two-run shot in this game. We had shit firing. Oh, that's remember when A Rod came and then you guys didn't win it for until like 2009. Everyone was like, it's because of A Rod. <sighs> Fuck, oh, he doesn't he get the pinstripes. No, he he's was, not a Bronx bomber. Ah, oh, you. Ah. <laughs> he was admittedly, <laughs> that was a tough New York impression. That does sound like us. I mean, he was, you know, incredible in the regular season. And he admittedly, he, he admits it. He disappeared every postseason until the year they won it, where he was unreal. And Matsui, of course, went off in that World Series. But uh, yeah, A-Rod admits it, man. He, he, he wasn't good enough in the postseason. Yeah, I just remember. And you I, I'm not talking. I'm just, I'm just talking what I, you know, from an outsider of, you know, Yankee Nation. What do you guys call it? Is it like Yankee World? Yankee, I don't know, the Yankee fans. The Yankee fans? Yeah. You know, outside the Yankees fans, I just remember always hearing the Yankees fans saying, this, this guy's ruining our mojo. He's no jeter. He didn't make it easy on himself. I remember when he fucked Madonna and all the Red Sox fans just had the Madonna mask. I'm like, you can't tee it up like that. You know? But it is pretty impressive that he's, he's fucking pop legends and hitting 50 homers a year. I know he didn't deliver in the postseason, but he did eventually. Guy lived, has had a good life. He's had a great life. I, and we, we, we love A-Rod uh, in New York now. I think he really, you know, he, he went through a lot. The starting pitchers of this game were Orlando, El Duque Hernandez, one of those Cuban pitchers, paid for the Imperiales in Cuba. Uh, his, Cuba. Brother, his brothers were uh, a great pitcher, Levon for uh, the Marlins. And he was one of those Cuban guys where you're like, I don't know if this guy's 22 or 97. <laughs> Like you did not know his real age. It was like, and then Derek Lowe for the Red Sox, who was, he was great for the, for you guys, you know? Did very well. Did very well. Keep it going, Sam. This is you. This the is, Red Sox is, answered uh, uh, with a three run fifth inning to take the lead. The Yankees retook the lead for three in the sixth. I thought that's when we, I thought it was over because we brought in, you know, Mariano. Gotta believe. Then in the ninth, this is the play that really won it. Derek, Dave Roberts. Safe by an eyelash, stealing second. Posada with a good throw, but just barely not in time. Was that a that was a pinch run, right? That was great yeah. by Terry Francona. Great yeah. call. Hey, that's good. That's good managing. Knocked home a, a, on a Bill Miller single. Uh, game went into extra innings. Big Poppy. It's a two-run walk-off in the bottom of the twelfth. It was pure. Nobody clutch. fuck with Boston. <laughs> what did he? That's what he said. Don't fuck with Boston. This is our fucking city. It's our fucking city. That was a cool moment too. Look, he was bigger than just an athlete in Boston. He was a he was a Boston legend. Still is. Final score six four Boston, and they won the series as we all know. The gaming corner presented by WinBet. The prop bet. I wonder if I can get Ortiz to admit that Pedro shoving Zimmer was an act of cowardice. If we can get him to admit that, that's then. <laughs> is that is that something? Let's do it. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, but this is this is a bet on me versus Sam. Not this isn't a prop bet because I, I I'll try to cons say that he it was like self defense. Yeah, and whoever he agrees with. This is a good bet. This is both. This is this is he's like the judge, and we're you know plaintiff defendant. All right, I object, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, before we hear from David Ortiz, let's take a quick break. We got to thank you for joining Games with Names presented by WinBet. 
And we get we gotta we gotta give you your flowers. He's number thirty four, but he's oh, number one. Huh? I've always given you flowers, <laughs> Big Poppy. <laughs> Ten time All Star, seven time Silver Slugger, Boston Icon, three time World Series champion. This was the first one we're covering today. Mr. Clutch. The one of the most clutch athletes. It pained me how clutch he was. You knew he if he was coming up, <laughs> if he was coming up in the in the playoffs, I was like, fuck. You see him on deck and you'd just be like, oh, big poppy's coming up. His stats in ALCS, 31 at bats, 12 hits, three dingers, 11 RBIs, a point four four five seven on base percentage and a 387 average. Just yeah. smoked the Yankees for one of the most iconic comebacks from one comeback guy to another. Thank you once again, Big Poppy, my older brother, for joining us here. Man, you got to take us back to 2004 going into this series. What was what was Big Poppy all about? 2004. Hey, man, first, first of all, uh, you know I'm a big fan of yours, brother. <laughs> you know that you you made me uh, happy so many times. I had to see you running the balls, man. I, I, I was like, this motherfucker must be the guy with the biggest ball on earth because he ain't that big and he run through everybody like he's King Kong. Man, like I say, like, like I always admire you because you lived your heart and soul in that field. And for us Patriot fans, man, that means a lot. And, and, Based on what you just told me, I, I, I feel you. I feel you because I feel the exactly same way about yourself. And and going back to the 2004 uh, playoff and World Series, you know, like, I'm working for Fox now and I'm doing the playoff and stuff like that. And, uh, like, I've been doing that for years, but I had got excited twice while I've been working on TV. And it was, once were, was uh, uh, Juan Soto, and a bat that he had a couple of years ago in the World Series against uh, uh, just my boy Justin Verlander. And he, Justin Verlander threw a high fastball. And he was, you see how they put the square in the strike zone during the game? The ball was about an inch above the strike zone. And the umpire went ball, and and I saw one sort of John ass, basically <laughs> telling the catcher bring it down a little, and I show you is that is a strike or not. Same pitch, an inch down, he hit that ball to the back wall, like over all the fans, and I was like, damn, that's some gangster shit. And then the other day, my boy Bryce Harper hitting the home run against San Diego just to finish them. That was some gangster shit, too. So what I'm trying to tell you is you don't leave that memory, those memories, so much nowadays for many reasons. But one of them, I don't think... I think there's... The talents is there. There's a lot of youngs that in the game right now with incredible talent, but they haven't burned roads yet. They haven't burned bridges yet. It, 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 for you to 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 get to be at that level, 
you had to burn bridges. You had to have experience. You had to know, like in my days, to play in the big league, there's no way you can stay in the big league hitting 200. No fucking way. I, I gotta ask I, you. I know everything oh. is. Uh huh. Oh, sorry. I was gonna ask you. I mean, you talk about like burning bridges and like kind of finding yourself. Did you? Is there something that maybe you learned playing in Minnesota that you took with you to Boston? Oh man, I learned pretty much everything over there. Like, I mean, and it probably was the best thing that happened to me because I always had the talent to hit. You know, the thing is that I was in the wrong crowd. Seems like because. When I first got to Minnesota, they basically want me to be a punching jury, to be honest with you. They, they, the way they teach, they want to teach me how to do things. It wasn't, it wasn't lined up with the thing that I was capable of. Like I was coming through the minor league hitting 30 bombs, hitting over, hitting over 300 getting all kinds of RBIs and shit. Like I, like in the minor league, if you look at my number in the minor league, I show what my career was going to be like. And then I get to Minnesota and everything kind of changed. They want me to hit the ball up as a field, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just, you know, I'm a power hitter. You need to give me the freedom to swing because that's what they do with kids nowadays. And it's not like I totally agree with the way they, they do kids nowadays. Because they basically want to tell them that a striking out is not a such a thing. And to me, when you strike out over a hundred times, you're not helping me. That's the way I was teach. You hit 40 homers, you strike out 200 times, you miss at least a hundred opportunity to help me out. Not everyone's big poppy. Not everyone's big poppy. Not everyone can just go up there and fucking hit home runs. All right. That's what the world needs to know. <laughs> okay. Not everyone just hits dingers and fucking walk offs like poppy. There needs to be some doubles. There need to be some singles. Okay. And that you know what I'm saying? I mean, he, and even myself, that he over 500 homers in the big league. Very few times I went to the play hitting the home, hitting. Very few times I went to the plate thinking about hitting a home run, and it happened. Very few times. Hey, you're preaching to the choir. What I'm trying to I, tell you is. I, I used to just, hey, I was, I, I, I was like a doubles guy. I just converted third downs, okay? The, the homers were, were Gronk. <laughs> Gronk hit the homers. In the red area, he is getting yes. the touchdowns. I'm getting that. Yes. Now you have the punching jury trying to hit homers. That's what they get to be pitched, so. Uh, uh, it, it gets a little complicated sometimes when it comes down to it. That's why you're going to see so many strikeouts. That's why you're going to see so many low batting averages. It's crazy. David, it's crazy. David, I got to ask you, how strong was the hatred between the Yankees and the Red Sox? Do you think about, you know, the July 2004 A-Rod and Veritech brawl? You think about the uh, Pedro throwing Don Zimmer to the ground, which, you know, many have called an act of cowardice. I call it self-defense. The guy was going into the lion's den. You can't come in the lion's den and not expect not nah, get bit. Yeah. What you yeah. think about that? Well, even, 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 uh, Mr. Zimmerman, rest in peace. R.I.P. That was one of my guys. He know that he made a mistake doing that. He apologized afterward later on, you know. I would argue that Pedro made the know. mistake. That was an old man he threw. Hey, 
No, nah, but you know what, though? It doesn't matter how you are. You don't cross the line, brother. <laughs> don't cross the line. You don't cross the line. Don't cross the line. You don't, win. You don't you know cross. There are fireworks going on. Don't light another one. Do not. It's not going to end up being good. Did you guys hate each other? You know what I'm saying? You and the Yankees, did you, like, did you nah. hate each other this time? No, no, no. You know, matter of fact, in my era was when everything come down to be what it is nowadays. You don't see that many brawls. You don't see that many fights. I was, in, I basically started that up because my game wasn't about hitting anyone. My hand was about beating you. I don't fucking play for the, I don't work for the WWF to be fucking swinging at people out there and fucking doing it. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not, not baseball. Not baseball. You don't, you don't send the right message when you do that to the kids watching. In football, yeah, you whoop ass and you get your ass beat. That's the game. It's contact. It's aggressive. That's part of football. WWF, yes. That's, but in baseball, it's who is better than who. You know what I'm saying? It, all game comes down to it. But in baseball, the, the, the contact part of is very limited. And, and, and now, all this rule and stuff, you know, because you don't wanna, you don't wanna get into a bra. All of a sudden, a guy making thirty million missed three months based on getting injury because of it. You know that our salary, our contract is guaranteed, but we have an insurance company right behind it. So if a guy get injury because of a fight, the insurance company had to take over the contract, and the insurance company don't like that because we ain't there to fight. We are there to play the game the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. But I guess insurance company have emphasized a lot on MOV on that, on on having all these rules. Even when they throw a pitch, a pitch close to you nowadays, you get a warning for that. Softened you know up. It's definitely it's it's softened up, Big Poppy. But let's. It's more of a it, it's more of a competition. I mean, I know. I know they have crossed the line in some some of the things. May basically changing the nature of the game. Like the sliding thing at second base just because what happened with Chase Otley a couple of years ago, this and that, you know. I know that was dirty. And there's better way, but breaking the plate to me is part of the nature of the game. Taking out the home there's plate. A lot of game. Buster yeah, Posey. Yeah, knocking the guy out of home plate cold. That's part of the game. I love that. I did not I know mean, this. Catchers know catchers know that, that is coming. I did not know this was an insurance issue, though. That's such a bummer for fans to hear when you're like, get him. And they're like, no, no, no. We got an insurance company might pull it. I'm not saying, listen, let me clarify this. I'm not saying that they are changing everything because of it. But I think in my mind, me thinking in my own bubble, I think that that has something to do with. Definitely. I bet it does. Let's, but Big Poppy. You know I'm, I'm not saying that, that that I'm 100% sure that's what it is, but me and my own bubble, I think that that has something that I had to do with because it don't make no sense. It don't make no sense that if I'm mad at you, I can go out there and hit you in the hand, hit you in the head, hit you whatever I feel like it because of my emotion that I'm going through. You go on the DL and, and it's okay. Not okay. No. It's not, you know what I'm saying? So MLB had to, you know, make sure that doesn't happen and they're doing a good job based on that. So back in 2003, 
you lose to the Yankees in seven. There's been the curse of the great Bambino ever since God knows when, 13 or whatever. 1919. What, 1919, right after the Titanic sunk. <laughs> and going into this league, you guys, it's Francona's first year. You got a fucking clubhouse full of personalities. What made you guys vibe and fucking believe in each other to go out and think this is going to be the team after being down 3-0 to go in and fucking come back and win the series? What makes you, what, what was that? Man, remember, got a whole bunch of idiots out there that we don't even it was, it was no fear. It was like, hey, listen, we just, I mean, we hit bottom. There's only one way to go, back up. You know what I'm saying? I, I, they, they say that goes like, hey, it doesn't matter how many times they knock you down, but it's important how many times you learn how to get up. It worked perfectly for us at the time because that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we did back then. I mean, the Yankees have a fucking, they have a squad that it was like, like, I don't, I don't think I ever seen moving forward a team like the Yankees had that those, those couple of years, 2003, 2003, like they was bomber. Like they was really bomber. Like, like it was scary. Like I remember this one game out of those three games that we lost that, that it was like fireworks. Like they, they, he looked like, I mean, they never got to first, but it was second, third, and home. Second, third, and home. Like, like they have, they have a team that, wow. And uh, we were able to bounce back. I mean, it was, it was. We have high confidence level, but we also have good chemistry. We also have good things going on in the clubhouse. We have players like Kurt Schilling, White Soul, getting a surgery. In the training room, I saw that with my own eyes. Like when, when I heard people talking about the bloody sauce, and I, I, I heard what people had to say about it, I laughed my ass off because I saw the doctor practicing, basically just doing a surgery on him in the in the training room. I I saw that nobody told me about it. I saw it with my own eyes. And this dude was out there pitching a couple of days later in that rainy cold weather. I don't know how the hell he did it. But that was the, the type of thing that it was in the clubhouse that motivated us to, you know, go out there and fucking do it for New England. But we also had the most incredible fan base that basically started building up. Because after the, after the 2003 season, the 2040 was basically sold out. Because we get them hope, you know what I'm saying? And and the fan base, I mean, you know, Eddie, you know, you know how sport is in, in the, up in New England. I mean, the fan base over there is incredible, and that was a big part of the motivation that we had to go out there and whoop that ass. But, but David, you're saying Julian knows. Julian came into a team like he was in the second half of a New England dynasty. You guys hadn't won since 1919. So you know, baseball, different sport, different fan base. There was this hunger. To win, when you're down 3-0, is there a part of you that's like, this Yankees offense is stacked, we're fucked? No. Or do you believe, like, we're going to win this? They're taking the Mama Wana shots. <laughs> They're taking fucking Mama Wana really shots. I tell you, it, 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 that's a good one right there. 
even if I tell you that, yes, it's not because we beat your ass. <laughs> exactly. well, I know the result. I'm saying, how did you feel in game like four? The history, like the, his, the history is rolled down. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 and and whooped the Yankees' ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> it was no fear. Yeah, we know we were playing against some bad motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? But who cares? You already there. What's the worst thing that can happen? Can only go up. Right again? Can only go up. <laughs> were you doing the Mamawana <laughs> shots? Man, I drink Mamawana for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Take us a look. Yo, man, we have we have an we have an incredible team, man. That really everybody was just doing something special for us to win, and and that's what ended up happening. So Dave Roberts steals. We pinch run him. And Millar, he gets the hit, hits him in. Take us back. You guys get into extra innings. And then the 12th, Big Poppy comes up. We're not thinking about home runs because Big Poppy don't think about home runs. But right, maybe right here, Big Poppy's thinking home run because Big Poppy does, does home runs in these kinds of situations. What was, what was the preset mind going into this at-bat? I'm going to end it right here. And we're going to fucking get this thing started or what? No, I basically went back to my history against, uh, who was the guy? It, was at, it wasn't Gordon. It was after Gordon, whoever was in. Because uh, no, I know was, Rivera uh, retired you, I believe, on a pop-up prior to that. Were you, were you like, thank God Rivera's out and we're going deeper into the bullpen? No, if you look at my number, I hit pretty well against Mariano. You did. You know, like Mariano was not a controversial back. And I, I'm not going to tell you that I enjoy hitting up with him because the only one thing that I like about facing him was that I know that everything was coming hard. You know what I'm saying? And I had to make up my mind. And I had quick hands. Like, I had no problem hitting fastball, you know what I'm saying? But Mariano fastball was not the regular fastball that you see on a daily basis. It was a cut fastball, cutting fastball. Cutting. So, yeah, I mean, you have to face Mariano. Fuck it, what can you do? It was Paul Quantrill. He was not a Paul Quantrill. It was Paul Quantro, yeah. Paul Quantro, who his son is pitching in the big league with Cleveland now. I saw that the other day, and I was very happy about seeing that. And uh, But Paul Quantro, he had the, the front door fastball, who he threw it at you and come back into the play. And I just realized about it. I mean, like, I, that's what I'm going to look for. And he threw it to me. But she was a good pitch. Like, every, every single hitter normally give up on that pitch. But I, he threw it to me so many times that I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to stay on and keep my hands close to my body and try to drive it. And boom. Boom. That, the rest is history. Jeez. And at this point, you know, you, you win the game at 3-1. Did you feel the momentum switch? Did, was there a moment after this home run where you're like, we're fucking, we're taking this? Not yet. Uh, uh, everything started basically clicking was when we went to New York. That was when I tell you, even when we when we went for the third game, our confidence level, they were pretty high. And I'll tell you what, after we won the third game, we feel like we already won it all. And that's exactly what happened. And then it's because it was, once you guys beat the Yankees, we don't even have to talk about the fucking world. The World Series was this match. It was was this was this series right? Is that how we felt? It seems, it seems, it seems like it. It seems like it. 
in San Luis know it. San Luis know that we was hotter than a firecracker. You know, like they know. They know that we were coming in hot. Well, that's it's all about kind of coming together at the right time and winning four straight against the the number one team in the AL. Eight straight, because then they went and swept. That's right. And you swept the prior series, I believe, too. And then you just steamrolled the NL best team, the the Cardinals. Uh, when you won in game seven against the Yankees, I was at that game uh, in the same hat. And you ripped my heart out, David. As the Johnny Damon who hit the Grand Slam. I mean, how sweet was that victory? It was great, man. I got to give it to you, man. The Yankee fans are the only fans that come to me. Earth. The only fans out of all the teams, the Yankee fans are the only people that come to me and be like, Big Papi, I'm a Yankee fan, but I respect you. Or I love you, Big Papi. Or, you know, people, Yankee fans, while I play, I always respect fans no matter what they're cheering for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to go to New York and take my time signing autographs. And it doesn't matter who you were cheering for, you know. And and I, I, I was doing that by nature. But people talk to me about it. Like, you know what? I always used to see you. We used to come to New York, take your time with the fans and this and that. Or when we used to come to Boston. And I would respect that. And plus that, a lot of people tell me when we used to boo you at New York, that was a bad move <laughs> because you used to use bounce back and whoop our ass. We learned it the hard way. So I noticed at some point during my career that the boo wasn't there no more later on. It wasn't the strong, the stronger it was at the beginning. And to someone just made that clear for me. And I was like, Oh, makes sense. <laughs> you big poppy. You were like, you know, it, it's it's very similar to how Boston fans feel about Jeter. He's a likable guy. You respect his accolades. And I could honestly say this was before I was even with Boston. And this was like my introduction to Boston, New York, that you were. Mm -hmm. I was on the West Coast. I was a little West Coast kid. And you fuck. I love Big Poppy just because you were a lovable dude that came up when high pressure situations like that's that's what they that's right. you know that's what people will always respect and remember you by. Now this game and this series has been documented and and there's been documentaries, fucking books. I mean, we, we did the research; so you could find anything. What? Tell me something that wasn't documented in all this bullshit. I need to hear something good. Mm. Give me something that people don't know about this. <laughs> you know what? The game is. I think pretty much it's out there. Everything pretty much is out there, you know. But coincidentally, the other day I'm in a hotel. I'm at the end court. And no, bullshit. I was, I was in uh, I was in Philadelphia. It was in the Philadelphia of San Diego. I can't really remember. The thing is that I'm coming down in an elevator. And this guy, this Yankee fan, was talking shit about my boy, Adam Judge. And he's talking to another guy on the elevator, but it was when Adam Judge had like seven strikeouts in a row, right? And they were booing the shit out of him in New York and this and that. And he's talking to this guy, but he know who I am, and he want me to hear what he had to say. 
And this is, this is what I told him. I was like, hey, uh, have you ever taken a minute to picture the Yankees lineup without Adam Judge next year? And the motherfuckers stay quiet for a minute. <laughs> and I told him, you guys, as a fans, need to understand that whatever take that feel, when I get things done, I never got booed at Fenway Park. And that's why I ride and die with those fans. I know not, I know that not everyone ran the same luck. You know what I'm saying? But as special I was, and I still be for Boston, I think guy like Adam Judge is at that level. But the minute you see that the guy cool off, you're going to boo his ass. When you know that he's the best player on earth, that say a lot about you, Yankee fans. I'm not booing Aaron Judge. I, well, I love Aaron Judge. Whoever these that, Yankees that, fans that, were. That, that, that's, not, that's not what you see on TV. Well, I, I hear what you're saying. Aaron Judge, the minute he cool off, even during the regular season, he get the biggest boo. And let me tell you, as an athlete, you would take that from the opposition when you go to their places. But when you get that shit at home, bro, not good. I, I think you're right. And all I heard was that Boston legend David Ortiz says the best player in the world is Aaron Judge, a New York Yankee. That's what I took from that. Best in the <laughs> world. Right now? Yeah. It's him and Otani. But you said Aaron Judge, so we're going to run that. Uh... Aaron Judge is the best player in the world. You better pay him. They bet. Hey, man. Otherwise, he be hitting for the Mets next year. Or maybe Boston. You never Don't know. say that to me, dude. <laughs> never know. Aaron Judge better. But, but you're right. You make a good point. I think uh, New York fans are very tough. And I think, you know, we saw in the 90s, Patrick Ewing got booed unfairly. I think... I think we got to support our guys. So I, I'm with you. I think we should be cheering Aaron Judge. We you should need to know on what part of the crowd you want to be. That's what you need to know. That, that's, 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 that's. Just like Zimmerman, you can't cross the line. You can cross the line, bro. You're going to boo the only guy that you are depending on. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. I'm with you, man. What was your reaction? I know you guys had a stupid New York, but now I never thought it was that much. <laughs> <laughs> You're dropping wisdom, man. You're right. Bro, you booing your hero. I'm not. Stop booing your hero, Bro, Sam. You know, you know what I'm talking about. No, I know. I'm not the only one on the stadium. <laughs> Poppy. What, 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 you, what was your reaction when Nomar got traded? That hurt. No more got traded. Oh, sad. It seems like it was needed. Even if that's my boy, things change for good. You know, the thing is that you you can't have. At the, when he got traded, remember, it was in the middle of the season. And one end up happening. We end up winning the World Series. He has a distraction and he was creating a distraction. That's what I think. You know what I'm saying? He was chasing his contract. Well, 
I got no problem with. But at the same time, we were trying to win a World Series. You know what I'm saying? And it seems like the thing was in contra with what was going on. They make that move, and it looked like they were right. Don't you think? I mean, it looked pretty damn good after, uh, you know, going down 3-0 and, and, and coming back. Yeah, it looked good. The results looked good. And I'll tell you what, they went, they went and get the piece that we really need, a guy who uh, basically came in, played good defense. He wasn't a home run hitter, but he was really good at moving, running over, and doing his thing, and that helped us to win a World Series. Look, man, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good I am. If I don't win, who cares? You guys are talking to me right now because I'm a fucking winner. That's, that's, hey, that's why I love you. You're a winner. If you don't fucking win, it doesn't matter. Personal number don't, don't matter. Personal number don't fucking matter. What matters is when you're going to remember every single motherfucker that was in the 2014, 2007, 2013, 2018. Yes, because what? Guess what happened? Win. We won. No one remembers second place. Other man, right there. You know what you're gonna remember him? Cause he will pass and won. Any uh, you know how many great you know how many great baseball players went through the Red Sox that nobody remember them because guess what? They never won. Simple as that. Simple as that. Speaking of winners, I mean, winner, winner, chicken dinner, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of winners, you played alongside another winner, one of the great power hitters. Of this era, one of the great hitters of this era, Manny Ramirez. Any great Manny stories? Anything you learned from him? Oh, I learned a lot of things from Manny. Manny was one of the best hitters I've ever seen in my life, you know. Uh, but Manny, you know, he got his own way to do things. And that was him. Boy, great, great human being. Good guy. Hard-working motherfucker, man. Because let me tell you, Manny, Want you to believe that he was lazy. Want you to believe that he wasn't into it. But numbers don't lie. What was he? You know what, I'm saying? what was he doing in the Green Monster all the time? I, I just always remember he was always exactly. exactly. What's my guy doing? He, he was his own. He had his own personality, man. I'm telling you, that was hard. That was hard to fight. That was hard to fight. But that's exactly how he was. What about Pedro? You know, and what was Pedro like? No, Pedro was more down here, you know. Pedro Pedro was more simple when it comes down to personality. Pedro just like having fun. But uh I I I think both of them a lot because I learned, you know, part of myself that I don't know. Until I start, you know, watching them watching their work ethics. And the way they go by the business. Now, what was the bigger celebration after the ALCS or the World Series? The biggest celebration. Uh, after you got past the Yankees because you guys knew you were going to win against the Cardinals or? No, 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 no. We don't know we were going to win. I, I mean, it doesn't matter with what I tell you guys right now. You don't know what's going to happen. Baywood is very unpredictable. Yeah, we went in and we whooped them. Yeah, that's fine. But we know we're playing against a great team. No, you got my boy Albert Pujol. 
uh, on that team you got my boy uh, uh, Molina. On that team you have uh, let's see what else I can remember for that ball club. Uh, Wayne Wright, the nasty breaking ball. I mean, I can tell you tons of players that were in the ball club uh, uh, that made them be who they were. You know what I'm saying? And 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 we don't know. We 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 know that we play a great series against the Yankees. But we don't know that we're gonna turn down to be like that. We just went in, had an had as a firecracker, and and, and we swept them. by. you gotta hear now. I'm coming. Any uh any crazy in practice? <laughs> any uh crazy party stories from when you won? We was doing the warm in the room. <laughs> you were doing the warm, big poppy. Yeah, you're going to see my big old ass doing the warm in the room. <laughs> I did a few times, and they went, no, 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 dude, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> we got another series to go. Stop. stop. <laughs> now, now Boston's title town, and I remember when anytime you guys won or the Bruins won or the Celtics won, it, like, motivated us. Like, we had to pull our end of the string did you guys ever feel that with the other teams winning? I got to say that was the best era of sport in New England. Those past two decades. And it was because it, it was because of it. It was because of what you just say. Watching you guys win, watching the Celtics win, watching the Bruins win. That was a motivation. It's competition. We had a really good competition going on in town. The guys did it. Fuck it, let's go at it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, being a New England fan of sport, those two decades had to be like the best time of all time because he was punching coming out of from every different organization. You know what I'm saying? And the most important thing, we support each other. You know what I'm saying? When you guys win, Julie, we used to go there. You guys used to come to us. We used to go to the Southie. We used to go to the Bruin. Bruin used to come. It was... It was it was like a family thing. I used to love those those things. I used to love just having you guys coming over. We going to you guys. I mean, it was it was it was it was a great great time, great era. And the most important thing, it was fun because everybody was winning. It was. I mean, you were such a clutch hitter. Yankees fans hate respected you because you were you were so good in the postseason. You were great in the regular season too, but not everyone delivers in the postseason. And you did. Who are other hitters that you think of as as just postseason monsters? Um, to be honest with you, I had to go to. Uh, Bryce Harper to me is one of the most incredible heroes of this new era that I uh, have seen in years. Like what he has showed this playoff, bro, it is something that uh, it's remarkable. It's something that you don't see every day, especially uh, 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 in this era where hitting is it's, it's so miserable. Like, like I see guys hitting in the big league, and I sometimes tell myself, man, he's not ready to be at this level. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you see guys like him performing the way he is. It's something that uh, it's so special, bro. 
All right, Big Poppy. I know you. I know you got to bounce right now. You about is your son's about to take BP. Yeah, he's about to to do it. Look over there. I'm saying about to start hitting. Tell him, you know, he's if he wants all the way down here to watch him. <laughs> if your son wants to play for the Yankees, I'm going to spread the word. No one's going to boo him. We could use some power in the postseason. So, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, you got to earn that. It's not just saying it. You got to you got to earn it. You know, and, and and that's why I think my boy Aaron Judge I earned that. So I want it on the record that we love Aaron Yankee Judge here. <laughs> we want him Say to be what? a Yankee. Hey, listen, I got to meet Aaron Judge Aaron Judge once. Just one time. It didn't take me long to love him. Very like he he really were represent that organization. But He's, to me, representing the Yankees, he's a year level, personality-wise. The guy don't show emotion. The guy is totally dedicated to his career. The guy just want to whoop ass. I mean, he's a great teammate. What else you want? He just went for the record. <laughs> what else? I mean, if I keep talking, I won't finish. I mean, the guy have all the, all the talent in the world to to be loved, be loved by, by his fans. So I just don't think it was right. All right, we'll let you get going. But before you get going, can can we just hear it one more time? It gets me so fired up. What, what, what do we say after the, the Boston bombing? We, 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 what is it? This is our fucking city. This is our and fucking city. pay our freedom. And that, that this yeah, is our is that? fucking city. It was an epic look, man. New Yorkers were Bostonians that day. We felt it too. That was that was badass. We love you, man. I appreciate you coming on, and I can't wait to I can't wait to see your son. I can't wait to see the genes get hey, passed down. He's coming. He's coming. Dude's working extremely hard. I'm very proud of him. You know, I mean, he's a good kid. He always listened to what I had to say. He always. When I do things based on my opinion, and you know, I, I especially in the era that we are living, where the youth they feel like they got everything figured out, you know, he he listen. He's a good listener, so I love it. I and I can't I wait. Supporting him all the way. You're the man, and I support you all the way. No matter what, whatever you You're need, the man, you know that, baby. You need I'm anything. What you running on those lines again, brother? You know that. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you, Big Poppy. Hey, I love you, brother. Love you, bro. Hey, you guys take it easy, man. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless. From the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic, I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the curse of the great Bambino. It was lifted on this. It was lifted. This year. And you could just, instant reaction, just superstar. Legend. It, it, he was, he is Boston sports royalty. I mean, you, you realize you're talking to a all-timer for sure. And just everything, you know, his setting where he was, watching his son, hearing the baseballs getting dinged in the background. That's just big poppy, you know, and you could totally tell, like you were saying earlier, he's a player, he, bringing in current players. He loves Bryce Harper. He's pissed off about Aaron Judge. Yeah, like, it's crazy that this dude is literally in the elevator defending Yankees. That's how much of a baseball head he is. Seam head. Yeah. That's what they call him, seam head. But uh, sometimes I'll be on stage at the end of a show and comics, crowd members will like scream out comics names that they want me to shit on. I'm like, I don't, I get it. I get that it's like kind of a brotherhood. You kind of don't want to do that shit. No, I, and, it, and it's just like, you know, for me, any, any guy that I competed against, you know, now, now that it's over, in between the lines, you hate them. But afterwards, it's it's a fraternity of guys that you know. There's no one you still hate. Nah, I don't. I don't really hate anyone. That's good. You know, but it's because you know how hard it is to get to that level, and you know that everyone has a story. Yeah. You know, regardless of what situation you're in as an individual, it, it takes a lot to get to that situation to be in those high pressure situations and to deliver in those pressure situations. There's always a winner and there's always a loser, you know, lost a lot of those. And, you know, fortunately enough, you can win some and, and that's just how it is. You respect those. You, you have an ultimate respect for someone you compete against at the high level. For sure. For sure. Especially being in as many big games as you and uh, Poppy were. Poppy, man, he's, geez, he's got three, three, three rings. Yeah. Three ring club. Well, we got to settle this prop bet. Uh, how do how do we do, uh, Jack? I know. 
I know how we did. I know. I know I lost. I know. I'm I sorry. try. What can I do? It's two Boston legends teaming up on me. What am I going to do? You let one. it fly. I let it fly. I went for it. You went yeah. for it. I went. I tried to get him to call his World Series uh, buddy a coward. He wouldn't do it. Valiant effort. Yeah, dude. What's the legacy for this game? I mean, it's the first time ever a 3-0 comeback. And is it still the only time ever? Yep. I mean, it's, it's crazy. That's that's it's so hard in baseball. Just like he said, baseball could happen any, any like after they won this series, they they still weren't they didn't think they won everything. You knew you knew this team was kind of a team of destiny. Maybe they didn't even know at that point because they had the humility, you know, going in against the Cardinals. You have to, you have to stay focused. But like, as as someone watching, like they're gonna win it all. I just I felt like they were a team of destiny. There was just so many instances where the Red Sox were that close, though. So I, I'm sure in that locker room, there was leaders in there. Like, hey guys, we, we need to shut the fuck up. We need to. We need to really focus on this. We can't get this far just to get this far. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was always the thing. Playing in the last game of the season, you're always like, we, we didn't come this far to just get this far. We got to win it. And it was just cool to hear him speak about that and how how they stuck together. And I guess he likes the Mama Wana. Yeah. I want to try it. You want to get Mama Wana? We got to get some that? Mama Wana. Yom, fucking... you, you got any hooks? Really? Yom. Get her in. He drank it for breakfast, he said. Which Probably is, with uh, the cereal. That's pretty bad. Should have asked him what cereal guy he is. I bet you Big Poppy loves a good bowl of cereal. What's your number one cereal? Like most underrated or Julian Edelman. Like every day and a treat. What, what are your go-tos? Every day when, I, when, like, when you feel like you're going to be healthy, even though it's not healthy, Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, those aren't healthy. Either. No, at all. But yeah. they're not as bad as like a fucking... Captain Crunch, or if I'm feeling cocoa-y, little Cocoa Pebbles, or or maybe Fruity Pebble. You know, it depends on what I'm feeling that day. I, I'm never a one cereal kind of guy. I like mix multiple. And some, yeah, I do like to mix up. Sometimes I'll put Fruity Pebbles in with Captain Crunch, the regular Captain Crunch, without the Crunch Berries. It's like a cereal gangbang, dude. It's, I'm here crazy. for the gangbang. Yeah, here you are. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite cereal? I got a lot. I an Love. underrated one. Crackling oat bran is so underrated. That's a great fucking. I, is that with the? It's it, people with think the it's stuff healthy. with the O's with the yeah. stuff in the middle. I, that's a very good one. It's underrated. It's people think it's a healthy cereal. It's not a healthy cereal. No, but it's great marketing. It sounds healthy. Crackling oat bran. Fucking not healthy. Sugar Pops. I love Sugar Pops. Never got into Pops. My dad used to love more Smacks. Smacks and Pops were like the Never same thing. Never liked either of those. I liked, I, I was a big Fruit Loops guy. That was a classic. Fruit Loops, good. Love, I mean, the chocolatey ones, you can't go wrong. Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs was crack. Remember when that came out? Yeah. That was crack. That was, that's not breakfast. That's, you know, that's like The dessert. thing is, I, I tend to stay away from the Puffs. And go with more of the pebbles because of the roof of my mouth. The roof can get fucked up. Like, and that's why I love the taste of it's Captain like Florida Crunch. Florida in September, am I right? All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, you know, you, you eat some Captain Crunch. I love Captain Crunch and the Crunch Berries, but then I, I can't eat for two days. The roof damage is real. It's the same effect as when you take a piping hot bite of pizza and the, and the cheese slides off and you get that little burn this is the breakfast version of that. Captain Crunch. And you can't not eat pizza piping hot 
unless it's of, refrigerator cold. Um, which I'm fine with. I, I'm cool with cold pizza, but I love a hot, hot slice. Hot, way well, yeah, I, it either has to be burning my mouth or it has to be refrigerator cold for me. I can't do this fucking sitting out for three hours thing. Yeah, it's horrible. It's lukewarm pizzas. Like, what are we doing? I want a hard stance. Definitely. All right. So the broke, uh, the broken curse of the Bambino is really the legacy of this game. Boston winning a three zero comeback. I mean, I hate to say it. There's so many legacies in this game going on. That's why it's and starts starts of legacies. It is one of the most iconic series and games, and uh, it hurts to say this because this is kind of we did the eighteen wins and one giant loss game, and this is kind of the flip of that, where you got to give it up. I mean, this is an incredible. You know who I think wins? No, everyone wins. Not because everyone. The every, Yankees lost. Well, New no, York lost. The New York Boston rivalry that this it just nourishes it. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't a rivalry at this point. It was a rivalry, but it Boston hadn't won. Hadn't won. And it and it makes that Boston New York thing like just that much better because you know, rivalry both teams have to win. That's why I never really thought that, you know, the New York Jets were rivals because they really beat us. But then you go with the, the Giants. I remember and, a time Mark Sanchez knocked you guys out, though, right? Yeah, you got to win a Super Bowl to have that. You know, he, he's also the guy that well, had they the hadn't won fumble, at this point. So fumble. then this game doesn't count either. Yeah. Because they hadn't won at this point. They hadn't. So, so the, this, but afterwards, the aftermath, because. True. You know, it would have been a rivalry potential for one year. If the Jets went on to win one of those Super Bowls, I wish they won one. Even, even just or in AFC Yorker. Championships. Well, yeah, this is a classic. Uh, they did a thirty for thirty called Four Days in October" on this. Yeah, I will not be watching. <laughs> no, I'll be sitting that one out. What's the lasting image for this? It's got to be something big, poppy related, or definitely that. And I. I just remember watching Sports Center, and you would see all these old Boston people. Yeah. Like I'm talking like 80 year olds, 90 year olds crying. Yeah, you know people like this was like that was such a huge thing for Boston people. They love, they love the Red Sox. It's and a beautiful thing to share that with your with your kids, or your grandkids. Yeah, you there's, know, I'm, there's got to be someone though who was like on life support in a Red Sox hat, and he died like right before Big Poppy hit this home run. Don't you think? Yeah, definitely. That's got to sting. It, it does. But then, you know, they probably afterwards, they, they cremated them and then and they sprinkled them over Fenway and, and it, it grows as the grass. That's beautiful. You know? <laughs> so that person who died and didn't get to see it is Fenway Park now. That's like, that's going to be like some sad novel. He grows with the grass. <laughs> A Boston tale of my dad who passed away just before David Ortiz hit the bomb. <laughs> what did we forget, Jack? Uh, not much. Pretty clean episode. Quick pronunciation check. Bill Miller. That's what I Bill Miller. That. Bill no, Miller. Me. I'm a Kevin Millar. He said Kevin Miller. Yeah, Millar. Millar. Kinda yeah, like you that. know, it's it, it's uh, it's it's something I've been dealing with since uh, third grade. It's all right. A little bit like remember Letterman at the Oscars. Oprah. Uma. Remember that? Kind of like that. What did he do? Remember he was doing like the Oprah Uma Thurman thing. Millar, Miller, ah, never mind. I don't remember. I, I don't remember, but Jack, I, I take your word for it. All right. Um, we also talked Curse of the Bambino, or as some call it, the Curse of the Great Bambino. Great Bambino. 1918. We said 1919 a couple times. Oh, my bad. That was me. 1918. 
Six years after the Titanic. I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with Titanic. That's, when they, traded, that's when they traded Ruth. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. the curse yeah, yeah. is at 18. I yeah, so it adds up. Yeah. No, you're right. You're spot on with the Titanic one. I love, I lo- was it April 12th, April 15th? I believe because that was my parents. Uh, that's my parents' uh, wedding marriage thing. Anniversary. Yeah, the anniversary. We can call this game the A Night to Remember game in honor of the Titanic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It also reminds, Jules's fit reminds me of having to get the great Bambino's baseball back from Dennis Leary the, uh, that you guys lost in Sandlot. Leary? Oh, that's Remember right. he was a dad with the, the great Bambino's baseball? How did, I mean, how did Dennis Leary pull off playing an asshole? That must have been a really hard uh, <laughs> performance for him. He's a Boston guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is a Boston guy. He was yeah. a fi- the, the fire show. Rescue, Rescue me. me. Rescue me. Artie was in that. Artie Lang? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw the show. I love Artie Lang. Me too. So the naming of the game, the breaking of the curse, the curse is over. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> the Dave Roberts game, that's no. No. Uh, don't let us win tonight, or we're not even going to say the four days in October, because there's a, there's a 30 for 30, and this is games with it's, names. It's, it's the breaking of the curse, because it, it, it is in action. It is the breaking of the curse. It's, the curse isn't over yet. The curse is over when you beat the Cardinals. But it is the process of breaking the curse. Definitely. I, I'm going with breaking the curse as well. It's, it's the breaking of the curse. Let's score it. Stakes are high. It's 100 years in the making, almost. What, St- 90? Stakes are crazy 85. high. But the individual game, I mean, this is win or go home. This is, this is do or die. This is cornered animal mentality. What are we going, 8-8? Eight, 8-8. Eight, eight? Eight, eight. Eight, nine? Nine, one? All right, fine. We'll go nine. Star power. I don't know if the stakes are as that high, though, because they haven't won in that long. Yeah, fuck, you're right. It's a nine one. All right, star power is high, dude. I mean, this is a lot of... Bi- I mean, the amount of all-stars we, we listed. Hall of Famers. I mean, there's like eight Hall of Famers on both teams. I, I'm, I'm sure are we going- in the stands, you probably had Matt Damon, uh, the Ben word, or the B word. Uh, that's... Benifer. Yeah. Are they there, you think? Let me look. But man, we should have we should have looked into that. But I mean, I, I think star power's got to be a nine. Nine. This nine, is a high. No. This is a high guy. Gameplay. It was a pretty good game, unfortunately. Went to extra innings. There's a walk off. There's a fucking, you know, a, a hit to to get it into overtime or extra innings. Are we are we going like a a niner? God damn, this is gonna be one of our highest. Oh, the name is high too. I hate, I hate that this might, dude, is this going to fucking overtake shit? The name is high. The name is like, it's probably one of the biggest, most. Are we going nine again on the name? God damn. Nine one. I'm angry how well this is scoring. Nine oh two. Fuck. That's brutal. I know two. Is that our number one? It is number two. Behind what? 18 and one. Yes! Yes! Can't win them all. We really got to reevaluate these scores. No, we don't. I think it it works properly. I think the system works. I mean, I think those two are, I mean, those are, those are, those are two big games. And I, I mean. Yeah. They are. They're both Boston, New York. So it's appropriate that they're one and two. Hey, Super Bowl, you got to go Super Bowl higher than a game four. You have to. It's one game. One game. Bigger city. Larger population. 
What about uh, eighteen and zero? That was when nineteen and zero. We stopped history. We stopped hundred percent. I, I agree with Sam. Suck it, Kyler. I agree with Sam. And unfortunately, I'm on the short end of this stick. That's damn right you are. Follow so, Games with Names on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Games with Names. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, and comment on a game you want us to do. Rate and review. Comments. We want comments. And that's all for this episode of Games with Names presented by WinBet. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Big Poppy. We, we, we appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your day to watch and be a part of this. I'm Julian Edelman. I'm Sam Morrell. We'll see you next time. Next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.